You're listening to episode number 16 of the Not Wonder Woman podcast, how to become fearless and start your entrepreneurial journey. Welcome to the Not Wonder Woman podcast. No capes, no superpowers, just hustle. Not Wonder Woman removes the myth of the ladies who, quote, have it all and gives practical insight to help you, the working woman, conquer the world like the boss babes we know you are. Hey guys, it's me, Mel, and I'm here with Kieran, and we are super excited today to meet with Annie Spano, the founder of Style Collective, and also Boss Babe Extraordinaire, who has her own podcast, Becoming Fearless, and I cannot wait to talk to her. Annie is an entrepreneur, and she is a social media maven, and she is going to tell us about how to jump out on your own and just overcoming any fears that you may have about coming out to be an entrepreneur, and I am so excited to have her on. I've known her for several years and just honored to have her as a guest. But, you know, Kieran, just as I think about this intro and, and, and getting to see Annie in just a bit, for you, you jumped out on your own. You did Corporate Style Story. That is a business. H- how did you think about that entrepreneurial journey when you kind of jumped out there to start that? Um, so I think the idea in my head was a lot less scary than actually doing it. And when I remember posting like my first Instagram post of myself, you know when you you've got the phone in your hand and you you're like right do I do I do it what should I do I press post and I I just pressed post and then I just kind of like threw the phone it was it it was really scary but I I recently did an Instagram post where I said you know I've I I think I've always done things that I'm not really ready to do and just forced myself to kind of do it and it takes a while. It's not like... Like oh, this podcast. Like this podcast. Like this My podcast. goodness, this podcast. <laughs> I was thinking about doing a podcast probably a year before we even like spoke about it. So it takes me a long time to kind of get up the courage. It's not like, oh, yesterday I wanted to do the thing and the next day I'm doing it. No way. I, it really does take me a long time. But when, I'm, when I've given myself enough like good self-talk, I will do it, even though I am scared. <laughs> There's a lot of fear. There's nobody, there's no entrepreneurs that aren't scared. I think that's, that's a true statement. If Mm -hmm. you're not scared, then you're not doing something right. Because everything we do is a risk. Yes, everything. You know, whether it's reputational risk, financial risk, Mm -hmm. whatever. But there's so much reward whenever you're doing something that you created and that you love. I mean, that's, that to me has been the reward of entrepreneurialism and and thinking about it and and what gets me over the hump of every time trying something new or Mm -hmm completely failing (laughs) no that's it you just got to be you haven't I think you have to be not scared to fail and that is that is really um tough because we you know we society raises us to not to fail and actually I think right I can try this and if I fail it's fine I've learned I have a lesson and I can try this and if it works fantastic but actually Mm. I think the older I'm getting the less I'm caring about whether I, I fail or not. So it is getting easier. And do you know what I love about like super successful entrepreneurs? They tell you the truth. They will, they do not sugarcoat it. They don't make it look like, oh, it's easy. You know, you just do this. And they, they will tell you that it's scary and that they, you know, they're just doing it anyway. That's right. That's right. And they do it no matter what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're persistent too. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing to me that is, that is just key to 
entrepreneurialism, anybody who thinks that it's an overnight success is a lie. I don't know anybody that is actually an overnight success. There's always training or thought or anything that was going into it for years and years and years beforehand. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And just none of it happens overnight. And that's the other kind of reality I look forward to thinking through and just being graceful to ourselves and understanding that there's a grind, you know, entrepreneurialism is a grind, but it's a rewarding. It is. There's a quote that says, and I don't know who said it, it said, um, if you look at every overnight success, it took a really long time. Um, And I think that's true. (laughs) That's true. That's true for everybody. Welcome back to the Not Wonder Woman podcast. It is me, Mel, and I am super excited today to bring you one of my friends and the founder of Style Collective, Annie Spano. Hey, Annie. Yay! Hi, Mel. It's so great to be here. Thank you again for inviting me to be on the show. Ah, oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. So, you guys, I know Annie from Style Collective. She is yes. We've I feel like yeah. we've known each other forever. It's been <laughs> I think this year I'm going on my third year of membership in Style Collective. Wow. So That's amazing. I well, you're amazing, and you changed everything for me in the way I think about social media. So, um, I tell everybody I know it's the best resource in town. Thank you. I'm so excited to have Annie on this Ask the Expert series because not only is she an expert in entrepreneurship, she's a social media expert, and all of us need expertise in both of those things, boss babes out there, whether it's you know forming your own business, um, jumping out there, or increasing your social media. So Annie, I'm super excited. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I know you, I, I feel like I could jump right in, but just, just to give a little bit of background to our listeners, can you tell them a little bit about where you're from, maybe where you went to school? and um, your initial thoughts about starting your own business. Absolutely. So as Mel said, my name is Annie, and I grew up in the state of New York, about an hour north of New York City, and I completed my undergraduate degree in a school way upstate New York um, called SUNY Cortland. It was one of the state schools, and it was in mathematics education is what my degree was in. So I was a math teacher for two years after I graduated from school, and then unexpectedly was laid off from my job during the economic housing crash in 2009, and I was unemployed for a year. So I had to reinvent myself during that time because I also realized that teaching was not my dream job. It was political, and there was a lot going on with the administration and the union that I never really was made aware of through school and the politics of it all. So I realized that it wasn't my dream job and had to reinvent myself. So about a year later in 2010, right after I got married, my husband and I relocated up to New Hampshire, where we resided for seven years. And during that time, I joined a large organization, corporate um, organization in the area that's a global company, global $3 billion company. I'm not going to name the name because there's a story behind it, but I started my corporate career there and thought that I was going to climb the corporate ladder. So I thought I probably need to go back to school and get some kind of degree in business because my whole experience is in teaching and education and math and I had known nothing about business. Although so. I wait, I have to interrupt you right there because really fast, my husband's my husband's father was a math professor for many, many years and, uh-huh. and my husband and I both agree that, that all of life is a math word problem. So 
Yes. It really is, right? It is. So there is. It's just about getting from point A to point B and the logical steps that take you there. It is. That is life. So if anyone says why math, it is so useful. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I do no, <laughs> just had to say that because it is. It's so it's so important. So okay, so you're on your journey. You're done. You're you're knowing that math isn't going to be math teaching is not going to be your plan. So what's the next step? Yeah, not my dream career. Although I do love teaching and helping others but I just wasn't a good fit in the public school system. So um, I started my corporate career in 2010 and then decided that I wanted to go back to school and get continuing education, another degree, and decided that I wanted to get my MBA. So I started studying for the GMAT. I'm very disciplined. My dad is Italian. My mom is Irish-German. So I grew up in a very strict, regimented, like had to get straight A's and be on the honor roll. Otherwise, I was grounded type of home situation. Starting in 2011, I started waking up at 4.30 in the morning and studying for the GMAT on my own because I didn't have the money to take a course, but I had 100 bucks to buy some books on Amazon and studied for six months, took the GMAT, and then was um, I was admitted into the program, and then that started my two-year program from 2012 to 2014, where I worked full-time during the day and went to business school full-time at night. So again, 4.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day, Monday through Friday, and then like 12, 14-hour days on the weekends working on homework and projects uh, and okay, we, group things. Wait, we haven't talked about this, Annie, because yeah. you, you were two th- wait, you were 2012 to 14 as well? For your, is that mm-hmm. what you said? So that's when I did yes. my MBA too. I had no, oh, awesome. I had no idea we we did, and I did it full. I did exactly what you did. So sister, I feel you. Yeah, I felt like that. You know what that like. <laughs> that was going through the desert. Let me just say, in I case, feel like that experience prepared me for entrepreneurship because any oh. like hard or long or difficult day that I have now, I can look back at that as a point of reference and be like. This is nothing compared to going to business school. <laughs> it, it is that is like the truest statement has never been said. Really, I mean that. Like that is the hardest thing I have ever done. And yes. I felt like for two years I didn't meet anybody or I didn't know anything. I had no idea mm-hmm. what was going on in the world. No, I know. <laughs> it was crazy. amazing. Okay, so okay, right. Sorry to interrupt, but I had no idea we had we did that same thing. And it's like yeah, I just I'm so oh, glad that oh. you can empathize with I my experience. can. I can. It was so painful. It was so painful. But, yeah. but, 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 but I remember at one point, like I had run out of deodorant and this was before Amazon Prime was like what it is today. And you couldn't really order deodorant on Amazon back then. So I ran out in the middle of the week and I had to use my husband's deodorant because I didn't have time to go to the store. <laughs> it's so like, true. It's so true. I will say, I will say this. I don't know how I got through it, but my husband had to have washed all of my clothes during those two yes. years because I don't remember oh, yes. doing laundry in those two years, like at all. <laughs> so he must have done no, more than I knew. <laughs> the support system is really important. Um, my husband basically ran the household while yeah. I was in school because I didn't have time to do anything. It was insane. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so with you. Okay. So you're in MBA. You survived that in 2014. I survived. I made it out alive. And during that time, I took a leadership course and my professor I still talk to her to this day four years later she's one of my mentors she's someone who had 
um, a profound impact on my life and opened my eyes to the fact that I was essentially working in a toxic work environment. And up until that point, I didn't even know that it was happening. I've never mm. had a corporate job before. And I just thought like, this is normal. This is what it's like. This is how it is. And I just remember one of my coworkers because of the hostile situation that was happening at work, she put in her notice and she was leaving. And on her last day, I was in her cube with her and another coworker. And I looked at them and I said, guys, I think I'm starting to think that this woman that we work with, like, that it's not normal the way that she treats everyone. And they both looked at me and started busting out laughing. And they're like, nothing about this place is normal. Like, <laughs> I was just so green and so naive. I was you know, 28 years old, 27 years old, and just really didn't have any kind of work or very limited work life experience. Well, and and it's different in a teaching job. I think that's, that's fair. It's very, it's a very different environment that is highly Mm -hmm. regulated in the workplace and the way you go about things are highly regulated. So you're right. It is, it's a mind shift. Yeah, and it was a Swiss company, so it was top-down management, very Mm. financial-driven. Every single goal was around finances and hitting numbers, and I just, I didn't love that aspect of it, and the fact that this woman was bullying me in the workplace, I started to realize that I needed to come up with a plan B, and it's actually kind of funny, because during business school, some of my classmates, they said to me during our last semester, like, why don't you take this entrepreneurship elective with us, and I was like, no way, I am not taking that, I have no interest in starting a business. I just want to climb the corporate ladder and have my nice job and get my paycheck. I have no interest in starting a business ever. And they were like, okay, that's fine. So <laughs> they took the course. I, you know, I ended up taking that leadership elective, which changed my life. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. It I'm does. a believer in that. Oh, but it it's, does. it's funny that I never wanted to start a business and then <laughs> Here I am. And here you are. And you got, okay, so you guys, the way I met Annie is literally through this business that she started. That's how I met her. When I was starting out my blog, I was looking for help. I had no idea what I was doing. It was, for me, it was 2016 when I started a, what I'm going to call a real, a real blog. I had started blogging in 2012, actually, which I'll tell you that story someday, but um, (laughs) had no idea about how to make it into more than something that my friends and family went to. <laughs> and uh-huh. so so I was looking for resources and Style Collective, the the company that Annie has founded, she was the resource that I found and and was such a blessing to me in my journey. But you know, Annie, I just would like for my the folks that are listening to hear kind of what you, you said you had this bully at work, you had this impetus taking a leadership course, you had this impetus to change the way things were for you in your current situation kind of what led you to create this amazing company that is one of my favorites and helps me every day. So tell, oh, can you tell, you. tell them I'm that? I'm so happy to hear that. You know, the path is never straight. And one of the things I grew up believing is because my dad has been in the same career and the same job for 25 years now is that you go to college and then you get a job and then you do that same career and you work at that same company basically until you retire. So I always had this expectation that that's what my life was going to be, that I was going to, you know, 
check all the boxes. Like, I guess like our parents and the baby boomers, that's how things were for them. And it's so different now. And I think looking back, I, I would just tell myself at that time that, you know, sometimes you're going to go forward and then you're going to take a step back and you're going to go like left and right and zigzag all over the place. But you're going to find that the path that you're on is where you're meant to go. And it's never a straight line. For me, I had tried, I was trying a million different things. I knew I needed to get out of this corporate environment. It was starting to make me depressed. All of the chemicals in my brains were making me feel like I was wearing a mask, wearing a costume because Mm. my values were compromised. I wanted to be around great leaders that inspired me and gave me a sense of purpose and belonging within the organization and that wasn't happening so I started a fashion blog on the side I started selling Chloe and Isabel jewelry I started doing marketing consulting for a local boutique because my corporate job during the day was for um within the retail department of this organization so I helped with a lot of things that went on across the 60 retail stores we had all across the U.S. so I had that expertise in retail and marketing I did a couple different things during that time just to figure out what it was that I wanted to do I was applying to other jobs trying to figure it out so during that time when I was starting my fashion blog like you I've always loved the internet and social media well now social media but (laughs) blogging so I learned how when I was back in 1999 when I was 15 I was freshman in high school I used to be like on forums I learned HTML I started my own website back then (laughs) thought it was so fun and then you know I had a live journal back then all through college and I would write in all the time in 2009 2010 I had a food blog which was you know followed by five people my friends and my husband yep. and my sister so but I, you know I wrote on it like twice a week for so there's like a hundred posts on my food blog oh I love it 2009 2010 and then you know I went back to school after that so I didn't keep up with my food blog but I've always loved the blogging space and so I wanted to get back into it like you wanted to find some resources or a community or something that could help me figure it out and also find friends within the space that I could bounce ideas off of or talk to or feel like I was supported and it was because I so desperately craved and wanted this these relationships with other women because in my day job I wasn't getting that and so it was this void that I really wanted to fill I didn't have a lot of friends up in New Hampshire being in that area was really difficult very outdoorsy and hiking and mountains and skiing which is really cool but I didn't fit in yeah so I really wanted friendship. I really wanted resources, education, things that could help me grow my blog. But at the same time, I had just graduated from business school and had taken on a lot of student loan debt to do that. And I was like, where are the, the affordable resources? Where is the blogging community? Right. I need some friends. Where is it? And I couldn't find it. I just, I couldn't find it. So after getting some pep talks from listening to podcasts just like yours, uh, one of my favorite podcasts was by Tim Ferriss. I'd listened to some of his guests that he'd interviewed, entrepreneurs, one of them being Kevin Kelly, who's mm. the founding exec or the executive editor at Wired Magazine. And I know that you know this because you came to the conference, but he talked about this concept of 
having 1,000 true fans. And if you have 1,000 people that will pay you for your services, you don't need to have a million followers or a million customers. So if you have 1,000 people that pay you 100 bucks a year for something, um, whether it's a product that they buy once from you or they come see you at a show or they buy your books that you publish or, you know, whatever it is, as long as it cumulatively adds up to $100 and you have a 1,000 people, then you can make a living off of that. For and sure. it made, yeah, so it made the whole concept of entrepreneurship seem a lot less daunting and scary and overwhelming. Mm. <laughs> so it made it more approachable and I started to get this idea I started a Facebook group in September of 2015 for the girls that I had started to meet online I had started organizing some Instagram giveaways and got to know other bloggers that were starting around the same time as me and it was really cool seeing that when we collaborated and shared ideas with one another that we all grew and found it easier to navigate the blogging space and find success within the industry so it all started with a facebook group which we still have a facebook group for Mm. style collective that's where it all started and i put together a whole presentation of my idea to launch it into an affordable community and educational platform drawing from my experience as a teacher and then my new love for leadership and wanting to bring people together through a shared purpose so it's that's why I say like earlier that your story it's like connecting the dots of your story to find your purpose and your impact that you're going to make in the world so if I hadn't have been a teacher I wouldn't have mm. that skill mm. if I hadn't have been in the corporate setting and gone back to school I wouldn't have found this love for leadership if I hadn't have been bullied by a woman in the workplace I wouldn't have found this purpose or I wanted to bring women together and empower them and inspire them to find their purpose so everything like it's all very serendipitous and it takes time to like sit down I know we did this during the conference to map out your life story and Mm. look at all of your history to find out how you can connect the dots of your values and the principles and what's most important to you so that you can make a difference in the world oh that is so inspiring thank you for sharing that story and I have I have heard it more than once and I love it every time (laughs) I hear it it is a true statement I love it every time I hear it. It is so exciting to hear that. And, you know, as I think about it, it seemed to me one of the entrepreneurial advice that you got that might have been very helpful was this exactly 1,000 true fans. I think that's a great reminder. Um, You know, that's really what you're going for as opposed to 20 million people that buy your widget, whatever that is. So I I love that advice. Is there any other advice that you would say is the best you got or the worst you got when it came to entrepreneurship? The worst advice, I think, is, I think the worst part of social media is when you get served ads all the time for, like, business coaches and other successful entrepreneurs that constantly want to tell you about, like, how much money they make. Being Seeing all, like, the people promoting, like, the money side of entrepreneurship is always hard for me Mm. to look at because that's not what motivates Mm. me. Yes, I like getting paid and I like nice things, but I like to think, okay, if I'm providing value and I'm helping people, then naturally a byproduct is that I'm 
going to make money. If I'm providing value, then people are going to pay me for this value. So mm. it just kind of goes hand in hand. So I always try to focus on that side. Come learn from me and I'll teach you how to like make money in your sleep. Like that just drives me nuts because <laughs> for me, like the hard part, it's hard to start, but then it's all, it's just as hard to maintain and to continue to grow your business and stay ahead of the curve and do tons of outreach and create personal connections with people. And it's just, it's a nonstop grind. So I just wish that people would be a little bit more honest with the fact that it's a lot of hard work, whether you're starting, you're in the middle, or you've been doing it for three to five or 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just always a lot of work, no matter what. That's right. Um, I think Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Swift is always recording. Taylor Swift is always working hard. You know, I just name yes, name the artist Beyonce. or name that. Yeah, name those people. And you just think they are working their tails off every day. And we mm-hmm. all know it. We know it. And we know they deserve their fame. But that's not because it's easy for them. They work hard for that yes. stuff. And I think that's, yeah, we forget that journey all the time. Right. You're right. Yeah, I, I mean, everyone wants an easy button, which I get. It's nice and it's comfortable. But that's not what entrepreneurship is about. As you think about somebody who may be wanting to start a business, but maybe afraid to do that, not sure their own skill set, not sure how to connect the dots in their own story yet. What is your top tips for just doing that, just starting it? Um, Because that's sometimes the hardest thing for people to do is just start. Yes. So I was listening to uh, one of the Tim Ferriss episodes of Cory Booker, who is... Mm. um, a politician. Yeah. And he said this one quote that I thought was really great and sums up kind of how people get like stuck with entrepreneurship. And he said, we allow our inability to do everything to undermine our determination to do something. And I think that's really powerful. I think the idea of entrepreneurship sounds wonderful, but people get overwhelmed and it's like, because we can't do everything, I'm just going to do nothing. But the whole point is to start with something. So for me, with Style Collective, it's not an idea that just came to me. It's an idea that evolved over Mm. time. It was a year in the making, a year and a half in the making before I actually opened it up for membership. Mm. And it was sitting down and thinking about, you know, going through that timeline, like, what are the things that have happened to me in my life? How can I help people because of my past experiences, things that like, what are the things that I'm passionate about? And then once you kind of hone in on those things, you just have to start networking Mm -hmm. with people that need help with those things. So I never thought in a million years that teaching leadership skills and teaching women how to find their mission and their purpose would land within the social media industry and Mm. with influencers because it's a really important angle to have if you want to stand out and be successful Mm. as an influencer. The days of just posting an outfit and doing selfies and having no substance are far behind us. You need to stand for something and inspire others to join the cause. So it's interesting how it, I, kind of ended up in that world and it was not planned for and I kind of just kind of felt like I got really lucky I was at the right time at the right place so find people talk to them about your idea do things for free start with things that don't scale um so for example like 
personal training is not really scalable. There's mm. only so many hours in the day, but maybe you do personal training and then you come up with a program that has fantastic results. So now the way to scale that is you can record this program. You can sell DVDs. You can sell the videos online through a membership program. You could do some type of coaching that's, um, that anyone can watch anywhere in the world. And, you don't have to be doing one-on-one hours. So yeah. I think those are that would be my advice. You can't just sit and think of an idea. You have to go out and talk to people, find out what their problems are, find out how you can help solve them, and that's where you get your ideas and your inspiration mm-hmm. from. I love that advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is great and timeless. So for all the entrepreneur boss babes out there, listen to Annie. She knows what she's talking about. Um, But not only is this woman, she's not only an expert in entrepreneurship, but, you know, her her brand is, is scaled around social media and its impact on business. How you view kind of businesses now in general working with social media um, marketing and how you've kind of seen that evolve since starting Style Collective. Using social media for your business, it's about building a personal connection with your followers. So social media is not for just putting out blanket statements or posting something and then turning off your phone and saying, like, if I put it out there, then people will come. <laughs> build it, it they takes, will come is a lie. Yeah, That's a it, lie. They will come. It is a lie. <laughs> and like I said before, it's a grind. It's a hustle. It's nonstop. So when you post something on social media, it has to inspire them or educate them or create or tell a story. So do that through your social media, but take it to the next step. And when somebody leaves a comment on your picture, you can either go back to their account and leave them a comment on their picture. You can send them a DM. One of the things I like to do is when I do Instagram live, if people tune in and they start commenting during the live, after the live is over, I'll go and I'll message every person or I'll try to message as many people as I can. Um, who commented during the live and I'll thank them for tuning in. I'll ask Mm. them if they have any questions or if they need help with anything. So that's one way to build a personal connection um, with your stories, share things behind the scenes that you're going through Mm. or share the process before you are coming out with a product or, you know, people want to see the behind the scenes. They want to know the person and people are fascinated to see what you're like and Mm. it's really about like building one-on-one relationships with people and that's how you build these long-term clients long-term customers that like you so Mm. yes it's an investment of time but I really think that this is the way to stand out from all the other companies that are out there on Instagram trying to push their products. I that you know, I cannot say how much I agree with that. There's there's two two examples of that I've just seen personally. One is my own personal brand in that I have an etiquette consulting business on the side. Um, in, oh, and I've that. had one for years. I, I'm a certified etiquette consultant, but here's the here's the thing. Um, I have a I have a thousand followers that do that one. And it's because I don't put the time, money and energy into it that I put in to to polish professionals and, and, yeah. and, the, and the responsiveness mainly cause I don't have the time to do it. But, but, but what, what uh-huh. I'm just trying to say is you're exactly right. The response 
is 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 the distinction and being invested in social media in real tangible ways with people makes all the difference and and brands miss that um you know and that's just not for an entrepreneurial journey to me that's for a that's for any journey that that a business may be going through and trying to get its name out there and using this platform that is free but is not free of of time and effort um that, uh-huh. that you have to put in there to do it so so that's mine but then i think of another brand there's a brand called thomas wild and and there's a designer for them her name's janae park and oh. she is so invested in in responding to to even my own posts and i went and learned about that brand because they're 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 so responsive and i go buy their clothes now and i just think that's exactly you know she's a designer for them and it was just real authentic follow up and, 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 you know, and so you're, you're just hitting the nail on the head about how, um, how companies really should think about, um, making that part of social media, uh, work for them. Um, you you know, is there anything else that we think of any other top tips for social media use for businesses or just where you've really seen them miss the mark and, and things that you just wish companies move off of this and onto something else? Yeah, so actually one of the things that came to mind when you were just talking about that designer is if you're struggling to figure out what to say or what to post or how to use your social media, then come back to yourself and look at your feed and look at the maybe your top five favorite accounts or top 10 favorite accounts that you religiously follow and check up on and see what those brands or those people or influencers are up to and write down some of the qualities that you see or some of the types of posts that they're doing and really think about like, why do I like this company? Why do I like this person so much? What is it that they're doing that's drawing me in and help forming this personal connection that makes me just like love them? And I'm mm-hmm. like a total fangirl. And then once you have identified what they're doing to make you feel this deep personal connection to them, um, find out, figure out how you can take that and translate it to your own business. Oh, that's so that's great. that's one tip that you can do. Absolutely. Well, Annie, thank you so much for sharing your entrepreneurial journey and your tips on social media because those are things every business owner should be remembering. Um, we are grateful to have you, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. It's time for the Fast Five. No planning, five questions, real answers. Okay, Annie, are you ready for the Fast Five? Yes. All right, good luck to you. We hope you come out on the other side. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. You're going to be great. All right, so Annie, you're having a bad day. What is the personal anthem or song that gets you going? Oh, man. Um, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name. It's Andy Grammer. Oh, um, yeah. Is it like, hey, you, or what is it? Um, you have to sing it. Not Can you good sing? to be alive. It's not good to be alive right now. It's, uh, oh, keep your head up. Keep, keep your, your head, head up. up. Andy Grammer. That's I want to, like, ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good one. Okay, I love that song. Great. Um, we're going to dance to that at the next Style Collective Conference. Please. Please. Um, okay, so what is the one, what is the healthiest thing you do on a, on a regular basis? I work out seven days a week. Heck yeah. Good for you. I told you I'm disciplined. That is so good. Okay, what's your workout of choice? 
Um, I love doing the Tone It Up app. They have all different kinds of classes. I'll sometimes do leg day, upper body day. Sometimes, like, for my – I do active rest days as well. I'll just, like, walk on the treadmill or go on the elliptical uh, once or twice a week. So, mix it up. Great. Okay. I love that. That's, that is the healthiest thing imaginable. Okay. This, this is kind of a two part question, but just forgive me. What is your favorite book, um, of inspiration right now for all the boss babes out there? And are you reading it on a tablet, a phone, a computer, or the real thing? Uh, I'm actually, I'm not reading any books right now, which I know is terrible. No, it's not. (laughs) One of my favorite books um, is called True North by Bill George. And Mm. it's one of the books that we used in my leadership class that really takes you, it takes you through the framework that I learned in that class of finding your purpose for leading others and, you know, finding your core values and your principles and has exercises in it that you can do. So it's, that's a really great book that I I constantly find myself referencing it um back to like your first question a theme song this would be like my theme book (laughs) I always come back to if I'm in a rut all right and you're in a you're a millennial so are right I think you're millennial generation older millennial okay so but how are you reading that book are you reading the real thing are you reading it on a tablet are you listening I have the physical book all right there you go you're old school then old school enough (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on that one. Okay, here is a random question, and I will even give you my answer to this just in case if you get stumped. But what is the one thing that you're never without and why? And my answer to that is I always have this random multi-tool with me that, like, that like can slice things open. It can open a bottle, like, bottle opener. It's, like, the randomest thing, but it is, like, I'm always with it. So what okay. is yours? You're going to maybe crack up, so. I'm ready. Have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Wait, okay, where are you so, going? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just, I saw it like three years ago for the first time. I was a little late to the party. But you know how um, he has the ring and I don't even remember the name of the goblin guy. I don't he either. calls it the precious. Oh, yeah. Right, he's obsessed with it and he calls the ring the precious and he carries it around with him everywhere and he always has to have the precious with him. So that's my nickname for my phone. I love that. Uh, I always have my phone with me, and <laughs> it's called The Precious. I love that. Okay, that is actually hands down the best answer that I've gotten to that question, so thank you for that. And then, okay, here's my last question in the Fast Five. What is uh, the one thing that really keeps you the most organized? Whether it's a practice or a tool or whatever, whatever you use, how do you keep up with it? Because you are entrepreneur extraordinaire. You've got your own blog, pot, you know, all these things going on. Family, what is that thing? Yeah, um, I use Trello to organize like everything within my business mm. and when things are going live and when things are going to be due and like Dropbox. All my team members are in Dropbox, and we have all kinds of folders that everything is saved into. Um, Slack for communication with all of my team members. And then I also just use like the good old notepad in my iPhone to create my to-do lists and organize my tasks for both business things and like personal things like errands I need to go run, groceries I need to buy, um, things that are coming up like family events, holiday events, things I need to plan for. So I just use my notepad because I always, like I said, I always have my phone with me. Yeah. So Your precious is the answer again. I have the precious. <laughs> and so I'm just 
able to like if something pops in my head <laughs> if I'm at the gym or if I'm out or you know whatever I have my phone on me and I just like put it into my notepad and then it's there so I don't forget all right that is perfect and that is a great way to end our fast five you survived thank you so much <laughs> thank you <laughs> This episode is generously sponsored by Blonde Biscotti Coffee and Biscotti Bar in the heart of Houston, Texas. They are proud to serve third wave coffee and soft baked biscotti, blondebiscotti.com. Thank you again for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to click the subscribe button on iTunes so you never miss a show. And we want to hear from you, so please feel free to send us your questions and comments to notwonderwomanpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us at our website, notwonderwoman.com.